I'm going crazy cause real life sucks I might quit my job because I hate it so much But I got new books and like they're the best So let's talk about them cause I'm pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Pretty Much Obsessed. I am Dalton. I am Chris. We hope you all had a lovely Thanksgiving, wherever you are. What'd you do uh, for Thanksgiving? Uh, we just stayed here in Astoria. Um, my favorite Thanksgiving tradition, other than all the food and everything, is the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Turkey Day Marathon, uh, which they did while the show was on the air in the 90s, and then, of course, it stopped when the show was canceled, but they brought it back recently in an online version, and so we had some Mystery Science Theater 3000 playing while we cooked, you know, dinner and that is uh, so nerdy and got awesome. everything around. So they actually yeah. are making, like, new episodes now? Well, yeah, I was part of a Kickstarter that they did for a whole new season of Mystery Science Theater that's going to be on Netflix next year awesome. with a new host and new villains. In fact, one of the villains is uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, and, uh, Felicity or yeah, Felicity day, I think your name is. So the, it's a new host. Is yeah. it still the same like characters? What were those puppets or something? Yeah. So the same puppets, the, the same robot puppets, but a different guy, uh, and a lot of the same writers, but they also uh, hired a bunch of new writers that I'm really excited about. Um, are the robot puppets, it looks like it's going to be awesome. Are the puppets still have like the same voice and stuff like the same writers for their jokes no, and whatever? No, so different actors uh, for the robots' voices, which happened while it was on TV still. The robots each changed voices at least once, and the hosts changed at least once, so they're just kind of changing it again. But the design of the robots will be the same. So to what extent am I to understand that this is really the same show? Like, is it- Well, because the... The creator of the show, Joel Hodgson, is still the uh, like the executive producer of this. Like he's okay. still running the show. Okay. Uh, he's just not on camera anymore. Um, and there's a lot. I think they re- brought back a good handful of the same writers. They've got the same bots. Uh, all the characters are going to kind of tie into the same loose, you know, story that they had going from before. Okay. Like uh, one of the one of the mad scientists on TV was. Uh, a character named TV's Frank and Pat and Oswald is going to be playing a character called son of TV's Frank. Uh, so, you know, they're all related. I see. Very good. Uh, for people that don't know, uh, mystery science theater 3000. If, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what it is to some degree, but it was that show where you would see silhouettes of a guy and two robots sitting in front of a bad movie and they would make fun of it as it happened. Probably, it's one of my favorite shows. Probably should have led with that before we started talking about it, but that's okay. In, in depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you do for Thanksgiving? Uh, I just hung out with, hung out with the fam all day, just kind of sat around (laughs) and waited for, until it seemed appropriate for me to sneak off and play Pokemon more. I I definitely thought you were going to say, I just hung out with, with my Pokemon all day. I mean, that's what I was trying to do. I kept like, kind of like sneaking away and I'd go play for like 20, 30 minutes and then come back because it was just family in my house all day. I will admit that. There, there. This is kind of a light week for comic books. Uh, I read quite a quite a bit less than I normally do, but I was still reading up until a couple hours ago because I spent so much time playing Pokemon this week. I did not normally my my train time is when I read comics, but I was just playing Pokemon the whole time. I mean, that's so fair was, though. I think I think Sun and Moon are the best Pokemon games ever made. 
Oh, completely agreed. I'm not even like, I'm like halfway through. Yeah. And I completely agree. It's amazing. Uh, and it just gets, it, it just gets better. Like there's so much I, I want to talk about in the story mode, but obviously I won't cause you're not through it. And I'm sure a lot of people aren't through it yet, but it, it's, I've even been good. diving into the stuff like the pokey Pelago stuff, like some of that bonus stuff that you don't really have to do, yeah. but like. It's fun. Like, it's all really well integrated. Like, in XY, there was a ton of bonus stuff to do, but I never felt like I even had to touch it. Um, yeah. And this is, like, a lot better integrated. Uh, it makes it a, a bigger experience. I'm going to send um, you a Marini in a little bit here. Please do. I got to go farm uh, for more of them because he doesn't have the right ability. I did the nerdiest thing yesterday. I mean, this is probably old hat for you, but like I charted out like all of my Pokemon and which types they were strong against and which types I didn't have any Pokemon with an advantage over so I could like find who would best balance out my team. Uh, yeah, I've you done know? stuff like that before. Uh, because I've got a big I've got a big gap in the ground Pokemon uh, area. I really need a ground Pokemon. And if it was like, if it was a combo type, that would be even better. But that actually, I actually made we'll a chart to decide what moves. This was like years ago. I think it was when I was playing like Gen 5. I made a chart to decide what moves to teach my Aerodactyl. And I realized that you can give Aerodactyl coverage that to hit super effective on almost every type. It's crazy. Wow. The moves are Crunch, Earthquake, Aerial Ace, and Stone Edge. Between those four, nice. you can take out, like, everything. So that's one of my secrets, the little nugget for any listeners, all five of you. And you can sell that nugget at a high price to Pokemon Centers. A pro, little, little pro uh, tip. <laughs> uh, but enough about Pokemon, unfortunately, as much as it's been occupying my entire week. Uh, do we have any news to talk about? Uh, not a whole lot. I have a couple things I want to mention. First off being Doctor Strange is now Marvel's biggest single character intro film. Really? Yeah. Did it beat Iron Man? Yeah, it just beat Iron Man. It just really? broke it just broke 600 million worldwide. That's insane. I don't ha- I, I didn't don't think... know I don't know what Iron Man was, but I did read that it has now surpassed Iron Man. I didn't think anything was ever going to top Iron Man, honestly. Yeah, I wish I knew what the number was for that shoot. Uh, but I still haven't seen Doctor Strange. I am going to see it eventually, but now it's kind of like there's what's the rush cuz we already like did our episode <laughs> about it. So Yeah. That's um, how I feel about Suicide Squad. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but Yeah. I got Well, now you really don't have an excuse though cuz now it's out. I know, but I got to pay money for it. Uh it was, what's the verdict? Should I watch the extended version or the standard version? The verdict is it doesn't matter. I mean, Okay. I mean, then I'm going to watch defini- the standard version because it's shorter. <laughs> I mean, the the extended version is better. There's more. There's more stuff. I mean... But wait, hold on. Those aren't two of uh, the same things. Is it that there's more or that the more makes it better? I think the more makes it better because it fills in things okay. that were, like, just not really... One of the Okay, so one of the biggest problems with Suicide Squad was that they tried to do so much with the movie... And none of the characters really got the attention that they deserved. So by adding another 12 minutes, they were able to give some characters a little bit more attention, which is like, you know. You know what? I buy that. They they should have added more, but. Um, I would. I think I'll watch the extended version then, because I have definitely felt that on like team movies where it's like, man, like 
I don't feel like I got to know any of those characters because everything was just so brushed over. So, like, extra, if it's extra, like, character development, I'm down with that. I'll now, watch granted, that extra 12 minutes. There are still things that bother me. There are so many missed opportunities in that movie. It vexes me to no end how they have to keep saying little things like, don't forget, we're the bad guys. Because it's like, <laughs> the fact that they're bad guys should just speak for itself, you know? Like, they don't, right. they don't need to keep reminding me that you're the bad guys. Like, show, but don't But they needed clips for the trailer. Yeah, there's just so many little <laughs> things like that in that movie that just annoy me. And, like, you know, the, the villains were not that good and whatever. But uh, it's almost worth it just for the Harley Joker stuff. Because I, I still think that that's really good and compelling. Wait, we started talking about some sort of news stuff, and then we immediately got into yeah, Suicide Squad. Oh, we were talking about Doctor Strange. Yeah, we are talking about Doctor Strange. Um, but anyways, yeah, Doctor Strange is very good. If you haven't seen it yet, like me, uh, get out from under your rock and go check it out. Also, this isn't really news, but it's something that I've only been peripherally aware of, and I just kind of read up a little bit on it today. Um, this new Justice League Dark animated film coming from DC mm-hmm. it looks quite good. Of course, I also felt I also thought Killing Joke looked really good, and it turned out to be pretty mediocre. Did you ever see that? I didn't. Oh, okay. I kind of heard that it was kind of mediocre. Yeah, like I it wasn't bad. It. I didn't hate it, but it was definitely like a letdown because I thought it was going to be so much better than it was. And maybe yeah. that'll be the case here too. But they're actually doing this one rated R, which you know, Killing Joke okay. was the first time they ever did that for a, for an animated movie, and right. so it sort of set the precedent. So it looks like. Uh, Justice League Dark is on track to be equally as dark, fittingly. Was was so was Killing Joke like gory? Is that where the R rating came from? Um, I don't think I can't really remember any scenes that were gory. It's just I mean you've read the book, right? Yeah, it's just like fucked up. Yeah, it's just dark and brutal and like I don't. I mean, I guess I won't spoil it. I assume most people have read the book or seen this film by now. But if you haven't, like, it's just pretty like, what is ex exploit exploitive exploitative exploitative? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Like, almost just like for the sake of it, you know, like like right. they're pushing it as far as they can in terms of like how demented the Joker is and the lengths that he'll go to to destroy people's lives and and like anger Batman and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, do you know what suicides or justice league dark actually is? I almost started talking suicide squad again. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's talk more about suicide. <laughs> Let's make this a suicide squad podcast. Uh, uh the suicide squad cast. Justice league um, dark is a collection of, I guess I'll say heroes. Yeah. Heroes from the DC universe. Um, that they're all specialize, they all specialize in magic. So whenever there's mm-hmm. some kind of like magical calamity, a Bruin in the DC universe, it's, it's these people that usually have to address it because like Superman is weak to magic. Batman is just a guy. Like he right. doesn't really. So these are the Dr. Strange's yeah, and the, uh, exactly. Um, Baron Mordo's. So and... the group consists of Hellblazer, AKA John Constantine Etrigan the Demon, totally. a.k.a. Jason Blood, Zatanna, Dead Man, and apparently in this film they're being brought together by Batman to address some kind of thing that's like making people go crazy and kill each other. Um, I just put together that Constantine and Hellblazer are the same character. I'm going to edit that out, that you just said that. 
No, I just, because I know about, like, the Constantine movies with Keanu Reeves, and I knew they were based on a DC comic. Yeah. And I know about Hellblazer because of Steve Dillon's work on stuff on it, but I never read it. Oh. And I did not realize that Constantine and Hellblazer were the same character. I'm pretty, there's only one Constantine movie, and I actually do like it, but I, I'm pretty sure it's only very loosely based on the comics. Okay. Do they ever call him Hellblazer in it? I don't think so. Huh. Well, then it's not my fault for not putting it together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's all right. You're not really a DC guy either. No. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. It's coming out January 24th, and I hope it's good. Cool. Um, I don't have a lot of news over on this end. Uh, I mean, something I'm personally excited about, I tweeted about uh, a couple of weeks ago how Marvel announced a Miss America series uh, in 2017 uh, about... My favorite new-ish Marvel character, uh, Miss America Chavez. Uh, They announced the creative team uh, recently. I think it was this week. And the writer is a young adult author. It's her first time writing comic books, but she's written young adult novels. And she is a uh, Latina, LGBT uh, woman. Um, So, like, perfect for writing Miss America. I think... Marvel finally got the feedback that, like, they're sick of, like, white dudes writing their diverse characters, and so they hired someone who actually represents that character pretty well. Sweet. So that's pretty cool. What if um, it turns out... see what she writes. What if it turns out in the first issue that all this time America Chavez has been a member of HYDRA, and then she turns... <laughs> I thought you were... <laughs> she turns I thought you were going to say... What if it turns out that this whole time Miss America Chavez was white? <laughs> she was white was and a, a member of Hydra. She was a straight white male this whole time. She's just been wearing a mask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Did you ever find that Miss America uh, pop final whatever figurine that you were looking for? I am scouring New York. Are they on I eBay? Are people selling them on eBay? And it was Miss Marvel, not Miss America. Oh, my bad. Um... I I haven't checked eBay yet, but I'm trying to find a cop uh, like a, a one of them that I don't have to pay you know a hundred dollars for. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm checking every single uh, is it shop like, in New York for it. Is it like in that movie Jingle All the Way where you're Arnold? It's basically that. Yeah. <laughs> except except there's nobody racing me for them. No one else wants them. It's then just why me. Can't you find it. They just because. Because it's a fucking Walgreens exclusive. Like, yeah. did you but, know Walgreens carries toys? I didn't, no. you know? So, like, uh, it's th- it's just everyone I go into just doesn't carry them. Like, that's the problem. Is like, like, not they just only don't did I not them. think that they... Well, I guess I would have assumed they had, like, little dollar, like, 99-cent junkie, like, squirt guns and, like, those Apparently kind of they're toys, getting but, fucking, like, exclusive. Yeah, I would have never thought that they had, like, exclusive... Like, geek culture paraphernalia type stuff. Well, apparently they do, but they don't, because I can't find it anywhere. Maybe this is um, just an epic troll that is being played on Maybe. You. Maybe someone's playing a prank on me. Uh, let's talk about some comics. Uh, it was kind of a light week, as I said, but we still got some books to talk about. Uh, I want to start off with the book this week that totally blew me away, which is A.D. Venom. After Death, number one. Just kidding. <laughs> we'll get to Venom. I knew you were going to say A.D. Did you read Venom? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Did you do you like want to start with Venom? I, we can start with Venom. I actually do. Seems like we want to talk about it. I actually do. But okay. Let's, let's start with Venom. We'll get to our, AD. No, we've established a new uh, custom where we go through the list of books that we're going to talk about 
Oh, and we okay. Tell everybody, hey, we're gonna spoil everything because we are the super spoiler brothers. Yes. So, okay, here's my list. Uh, for Marvel, for just Venom number one. For DC, I did Action Comics number 968. I'm just going to go over what happened in it because I know you didn't read it. I also just got caught up on Teen Titans, which I'm really enjoying. Again, I'm just going to briefly go over it because I know you didn't read it. And then for Image, I read AD After Death number one. Cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about AD After Death number one, of course. Uh, As I already mentioned, uh, we can talk about Venom. Um, And then a couple other Marvel books, uh, Ultimates 2 number one. Uh, came out this week. Uh, Civil War 2, number 7. I'll update you on what's going on with this crazy Civil War. Uh, and then I just wanted to briefly touch on Star Wars and Empress. Okay. And uh, that's my list. Ugh, I'm um, so let's start like, with... I already feel bogged down by like the Civil War discussion that we're about to have. You know what? Civil War 2 would have been the perfect crossover if it was released every other week. If it had been over in like four months awesome it would have been fantastic i i really like the story but we still got another goddamn issue of this thing it's and been going on since like may and there's already stuff happening in other books cough champion cough that is yeah like that you takes place after really it. know what's yeah that you don't really know what's or going infamous on iron man yeah infamous iron man is the same thing like where's also, tony stark well i don't know that. because i'm still watching him fight Captain Marvel, you know? Yeah. I, I really like Civil War 2, but dragging it out for eight months is ridiculous. Um, but anyway, let's talk Venom. Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually don't have all that much to say about Venom, because so much of it was just set up. And I, so, Is this guy an all-new character? Yeah. So I let Chris know about Venom number one, because I know that Venom is maybe your favorite Marvel character. Is that accurate? Hmm. I never thought about it. I mean, I think that's fair other than aside from the fact that i really don't know that much about venom but that's just because i don't know much about like marvel in general but yeah i guess if i had to pick a favorite i'd I'd probably choose venom i honestly forgot that this book was even coming out and then i saw it on my list for this week and i was like oh shit uh gotta tell chris about this one um, so what did you think of this first issue? Yes, this guy is a totally new character, this, like, thug guy. Uh, yeah, he's a stone-cold badass. I'm yeah, pretty, so... I'm pretty, like, afraid of what, what Venom is gonna, like, be able to accomplish now that he's bonded to this host that was already a very formidable guy. Yeah, so let me give a quick recap of sort of what's going on. Uh, so this is a new series, Venom Number 1, uh, written by Mike Costa, who readers might know from uh, Web Warriors, a series that just ended um, for Marvel, uh, which was I really, really enjoyed. Um, Venom, for the last few years, has been bonded uh, to Flash Thompson, uh, Spider-Man's uh, high school nemesis. Uh Flash Thompson lost the use of his legs in some war. I don't remember what war, but he lost his legs, bonded to the Venom symbiote, and became like a hero, basically became a superhero. He was known as Agent Venom because he worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I don't know why the Venom symbiote has become separated from him. It's probably something that happened in Guardians of the Galaxy. But now the Venom symbiote is just trying to survive on its own. And so it's just sort of... Maybe it'll happen in Civil War 2. We don't know yet. Honestly, maybe it will. 
but the Venom symbiote has just been crawling around trying to find a host. Uh, but the Venom symbiote at this point is kind of a good a good guy because it's been bonded to Flash Thompson for so long, who is a hero, that it has uh, the the symbiote kind of feeds off the emotions and the intentions of its host. Oh, and okay. so, um, and that's also kind of why it's been towards hero because it was bonded to spider-man for so long it's also has a little bit of hero blood in it but now it bonds didn't it kind of make peter parker a little bit more bad when he was bonded to it yeah so i don't know the exact progression of venom but i know the vent it was originally like a pretty dark creature that brought out the worst in peter parker because it fed on all his negative energy but i think part of peter parker also rubbed out rubbed off on it and uh and so it got a little bit better and then eventually bonded with Flash Thompson and became totally good. Well, but, but after now Peter Parker it was bonded to Eddie Brock, yes. I mean, he's yes. like the, he's And the that was like, film. yeah. Right. And wh- when it was bonded to Eddie Brock, it was just all out villain. Yeah. 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 Um so I, like I said, I don't know the history that went from Eddie Brock to Flash Thompson. I don't have any idea what happened there. But eventually right. became a hero. And so now we see the Venom Sort of, we were introduced to this like uh, gangster type character who's like sent on this job and turns out to be a killer, like a pretty stone cold killer. And the Venom symbiote bonds to him and doesn't realize how evil he is. And this guy actually takes control of Venom. And Venom tries to resist and says, No, this guy's too dark. Like, I'm supposed to be the hero now. And this guy takes control of him and, uh, sort of is keeping Venom as his prisoner. So I think it really turns the whole idea of Venom completely on its head, uh, which I think is an awesome premise. Yeah, I th- I thought so too. I was kind of a little taken back by it because I always... I mean, I have like that classic idea of Venom because I haven't mm-hmm. really followed the comic books. The so I assumed Venom. that Venom was this pretty like uh, malicious entity still that, that was going to like turn the guy more evil. But then to realize that actually Venom didn't want to be as, as hardcore as this guy was being because he basically yeah. just like murders his childhood friend and then murders a homeless guy just so that no one will know about him bonding with the symbiote because he, he's like, oh yeah. man, I got to keep this secret so I can like – do a bunch of cool stuff. Like he doesn't really specify what he's going to do, but he's just like, Oh my God, like the things I can accomplish now that I have this power. So he just yeah. kills all the witnesses and then the book ends. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got like that last page of just like the dude sitting like in this room with all of the guns that he just stole and like the venom symbiote, like crawling to get away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's, it's be, pretty haunting. It's going to be dope. The th- The one thing about it that I'm kind of surprised by, I guess, is that I was expecting this series to be more of an anti-hero kind of series, which usually are the ones I get the most into. Um, right. And it looks like he's going to be straight up just bad to the bone. And it doesn't seem well, like... Well, but... I feel like I haven't read a lot of books that are like that, that center on somebody who's this bad. But I think... My guess, and I, I this isn't based on anything except this issue, but my guess is that Venom, the symbiote, will be the anti-hero. And I think we're going to continue to hear both the guy's thoughts and the symbiote's thoughts and watch the Venom symbiote sort of f- try to fight against him in some capacity. And it'll sort of be this internal battle between the two of them. 
for dominance. Yeah, I wonder if maybe he'll only be bonded to this host for the duration of this story arc or something like that. Like maybe this will be a temporary thing and really right. this series will on. follow the symbiote as he like moves around. That's a that's also a possibility. Yeah, like maybe each arc he'll be with a different host. Yeah. Uh that could be definitely interesting. But I never even knew um, that symbiotes had that kind of like sentience that they actually had yeah. their own thoughts and could like understand language and things like that. I thought they required a human host to actually have like true consciousness and things like that. Yeah. I don't think I ever read anything like this with the symbiote, but I haven't read too many symbiote stories. I tried reading the agent venom series that came out and I just wasn't into it. Uh, I didn't really think venom as a hero was very interesting. Um, I might actually have to go back and take a look at that because I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Um, The, Character designs uh, of Venom in here are also totally awesome. Like, this artist knows how to draw Venom, this uh, Gerardo Sandoval. Yeah, in fact, uh, I think he draws Venom better than he draws anything else. Yeah, I don't really like his human designs. They're kind of like this... uh, They've got, like, this very sort of, like, anime-style hair going on. Yeah. Which is a little weird. And, like, the faces Um, are kind of... Like weird looking, but I mean, it's not bad. It's just not great either. But every time he draws Venom, it's like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. His Venom looks really, really killer. Like, ev- like I'm flipping through it right now. Like every page that Venom is on, even the ones where it's just the symbiote and he's like bonding to things or like the pages where like the black goo stuff is like lashing out to kill people, like stuff like that. Like it all just looks really sick. Yeah. So props to him for drawing Venom really well. Yeah, definitely keeping up with this series. I I thought it was a very strong first issue. Yeah, I will. It really gives you kind of the hook. In fact, since we started this this podcast, I can honestly say like this is the Marvel book that I'm the most excited about so far because I didn't really read really Marvel. more than Champions. Well, yeah, because I know this character, I feel invested in him, in in ways True. that I don't in the Champions characters. I do really like. I I might even go so far as to say like Champions is the one that I've enjoyed the most, mm-hmm. but this is the one I'm the most excited for to see like where it's gonna go and stuff. Awesome, we got you hooked on a Marvel book. Yes. Well, yeah, I'd say that's, two Marvel that's, books. Yeah, that's two now. So two, yes, racking them up. Yeah. Um. Uh. Can, let's talk about AD After Death. Um. Which is a new book from Image Comics. It is issue one of three. This is only going to be three issues. It's just kind of a short sort of special event. Um, Before we talk about the actual contents, I need to implore our listeners to buy a physical copy of this book. Even if you don't buy physical comics, Chris, I know you had to get a digital. Yeah, I got it. So this is his little spiel, and he kind of gave this to me already because I bought the digital copy, and he kind of went off about how amazing he thinks the physical copy is. So This is not just like a regular issue of a comic book. First of all, it's oversized. It's like a lot bigger than a normal comic is. And it's also like actually bound with like a spine. It's got this really nice sort of like textured woven uh, cover on it. Um, and the insides just like edge to edge texturing and art, uh, Jeff Lemire's art on here is all like watercolors with his inks. And I mean, these spreads just like end up being gorgeous on this giant, like oversized paper. Um, I, it really felt very immersive. It felt like you were like reading someone's like personal journal almost. And, uh, and the, you know, I found I, it to be like extremely cinematic. 
I will say like the art style is still enjoyable on my iPad screen, but I can definitely see f how like for this type of watercolor thing, it would look a lot yeah. better on paper. Yeah. So let's talk about what this book is. Um, I honestly didn't know anything about this until it came out, but it's written by Scott Snyder, who's a DC Comics legend and just sort of comics legend in general. He's writing uh, All-Star Batman right now. Uh, and it has Jeff Lemire on art. So Jeff Lemire is the busiest guy in comics. He must be. He's currently writing Extraordinary X-Men. Uh, I think he's still writing Old Man Logan for Marvel. He's writing Black Hammer for Dark Horse. He's writing uh, Avengers versus, or I'm sorry, X-Men versus Inhumans and Death of X with Charles Soule. He wrote like, some he's... pretty well-known Batman stuff too. Jeff Lemire? Or, no, I was talking about uh, oh yeah, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. Yeah. I thought that's who you were talking about. I'm sorry. Oh no, uh, yeah, Scott Snyder is known very much for his Batman work. Jeff Lemire though is writing like probably six or seven monthly books right now, and he does art on this book. And this isn't like phone it in kind of art. Like this is really creative, intelligent uh, artwork in this book. Uh, it would, and so I don't know how he has the time to do it. But this is sort of a three issue. A uh, story about uh, a world where apparently death doesn't exist anymore. Uh, people just sort of seem to live forever. Um, but it's like sort of written, it's half prose and half regular sort of comic book. I'm it's got pages where it's just. Not, I'm not even sure if it's half and half. It's a lot of prose. It's a lot of prose with sort of illustrations. And Which then. I think prose is kind of an obscure word. So just to clarify. It, it's yeah. like not a comic on a lot. Like a lot of the pages are. It's just, like block text. Yeah, just paragraphs yeah. of like storytelling with, with some like little cool pictures accompanying them. Yeah. The pattern seems to be that anything that takes place in the past is in prose and block text, and anything in the present of the story is told like a traditional comic book. Which is cool because it um, feels kind of like you're reading his his like diary or journal or something. And yeah. he even talks about how he used to write journals. Yeah. This is also a lot longer than a normal issue of a comic. And because of the block text and the prose kind of thing of it, you, you know, the, it takes some time to get through. Like, it's almost like, it yeah. feels like almost reading a full graphic novel. Um, That's why I wasn't even sure if I was going to get it done, if I was going to have time today, because I just picked it up this morning and I didn't Did realize, you finish it? Yeah, I did get through it. But I didn't realize when I picked it up how how much block text there was in it. So I was yeah. like, oh man, plus it's like 70 pages. Is it 70 pages? Uh, so it is almost like, it's basically a full graphic novel. Yeah, it's it's pretty long. It's, um, it's very close to 70, if not Yeah, 70. without the digital copy, I, I didn't know what the page count was. Um, but, uh, so like it's it about ends, this... ends at right about 60 pages. Okay. Uh, this guy who lives in a time where death seems to not exist and people just sort of rotate through jobs that they stay at for like, seems like 50 to 80 years. Um and uh, the the world has yet to be fleshed out. I think that will happen a lot in probably the coming issues. This spends a lot of time in the main character's past uh, as a child and his parents and his first experience with death. Um, and uh, so this this uh, this issue leaves a lot of questions unanswered, but man, am I hooked on it. What the, did you think of this issue? I thought the block text was really good, even though I felt like part of me felt a little bit like, wait, I thought I was reading a comic book, you cheater. But at the same time, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting <coughs> meld, uh, fusion yeah. of two different styles of storytelling. 
And I hadn't yeah. really thought about the fact that all the black text stuff takes place in the past is like his yeah. him looking back on the past. But now that you mention it, yeah. Like, and it, so it, it makes perfect sense from that perspective too. And it's all really, really well written. Like, I feel like I'm reading a really good novel, like something from Chuck Palahniuk, who's an author I really like and where he's like yeah. going really in depth on his feelings about death and his childhood memories and things like that. And I could, um, I could, pretty instantly see why it it got you so excited yeah some comic writers don't always make that jump really easily to like more prose based storytelling and scott snyder really knocks it out of the park here i thought all of these stories that take place in the past about his parents and especially his mom were just completely heartbreaking yeah and i'm already like someone that's kind of obsessed with the concept of death and like much like this character is yeah Um, and so i identified it with it a lot. Yeah, like it made me think of you. Like when he talked about, because I've heard you talk about this stuff before. And when he yeah. talks about like, um, like it's always there. Like in, I can't remember like what he's saying, but like that feeling of things aging and like the idea of Oh my God, that like, passage. I got to find that passage where he's like, it's in everything. Yeah, you know? like that was where um, it hit me. I was like, oh, that's why Dalton likes this so much. Because like that's the kind of stuff that's like in his, in his head all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, it's always there at that shadow at the edge of things, uh, so close to the surface. It's there at school in the sickening way the cellophane peels off your sandwich, yeah. or there in a shattered vein on your teacher's calf, or there in the scuffed nose of your action figure. Like he's just talking about how like every single little detail in your life like has the touch of death to it, and like. Oh man, it's, it's so, this book is very sad and it's very dark, um, but it's beautiful and it's colorful. Like it's, it's like very vibrant, you know, you expect, expect like a story about death like this to like be very like sort of dark and gloomy, but this is a colorful book, especially that big spread at the end where he goes to his new position and they're like looking at all these lights, uh, through these windows uh, like these, like, I don't even remember what they are, but they're just like these storms of color. Uh, the, and there's the, just this even though it's colorful, beautiful spread. Even though it's colorful, the watercolor art makes it still feel somber, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And it all kind of like, it fits really well. And honestly, I've never read anything like this. I don't know how many people have already done something like this where it combines comic book and sort of like, um, you know, just like novelization type thing yeah. but it's really effective and and really good at what they're going for yeah and it also makes the illustrations especially in this physical version where uh, a lot of times i'll be reading like the prose sections like this block text and then you'll turn the page and it'll just be these gigantic watercolor pictures and so they really kind of punch you you know when you turn the page because you've gotten so used to reading this sort of just block text with the illustrations like and then you turn the page and it's bam like a full two-page giant spread of watercolors. Yeah. Um, and uh, it like, was... This feels like something really that's... something. There's so much here, like so much substance here. This feels like something you could assign to like a, a college literature course or something. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am... I can't wait for the next two issues of this book. Um, but I have no idea where it's going because all the stuff that is actually told in comic form that takes place in the present is like very vague. It's just teasing. It seems to just be teasing like the main storyline. Uh, it I'm seems considering like this is yeah. part one of a three 
part series, so we're already a third of the way. I feel like I should have a little bit more of an idea of like what's going on. I'm assuming they're going to flesh it out more clearly, uh, yeah, pretty quickly in issue two. There's some hints about it, like maybe, like we, clearly this character steals things. Like that's established that he basically everywhere he goes, he steals like sort of relics of, um, of the world that he grew up in. Uh, with death and then there's this whole page where he's talking about this patch of earth in the forest where animals die when they come in contact to it i'm almost wondering if it's if it's teasing that something that he steals causes death to come back like if he returns death to this world it um, does seem like that's where it's going because he says something he's like steals a cow for reasons that are unclear but he says something to the cow about how it's going to be the beginning of the end of all things or something like that. Yeah. Like it seems like like it almost is implied that it, – it's definitely implied that his goal is to bring death back. Yeah. Or um, destroy the world or something. But then at the end, he's in that little station. Like he goes to this new job and they have this giant device called the ear that listens out into the world for any noise and he seems to have some kind of an obsession with finding any life out there so it's yeah i yeah like i just have no idea what's going on yeah um and normally with books like this like when we talked about Jessica Jones that can just be really boring like when it just doesn't give you you know much to go off of but i still like this is one where i don't know what's going on but i want to know well, with Jessica Jones, way. it's like seems so mundane too. Like it's not. That's true. It's like not only did I not know what was going on, but the things that were hinted at, like none of it seemed interesting. This actually piques yeah. my interest because yeah, it's something that feels new and and novel, and you know, mysterious. Yeah. So yeah, definitely gonna read the rest of this. Yeah, I'm so glad I picked it up. Uh, I had just sort of seen some advertisements for it, and I loved the creative team. So everyone out there, buy AD After Death. I recommend physical form. It's only going to be three issues, and I think this is going to be a good like kind of three-issue set to have on your bookshelf uh, also, and lend out to friends. If we're moving on, I want to just mention, since we're on talking about an image book now, I wanted to read uh, Glitter Bomb number three that came out this week, but I didn't get to it. But just so everybody knows, I am keeping up with that. I'm going to get to it and we'll probably talk about it on the next issue. I've been keeping up with the black Monday murders too, from, uh, image comics, but it's a little too heavy, uh, to go into, I think. Um, but what happened in action comics this week? Uh, so we're at the beginning of a new story arc called men of steel. This is action comics number nine sixty eight, And for those who don't know, Lex Luthor is apparently a quote-unquote good guy right now. He's been kind of... he Basically, Superman died at the conclusion of the New 52 universe. And, I mean, actually, we, we appear to be in the same universe still as the New 52 universe, but it's just that, like, all this weird stuff is happening and people are getting memories back and things like that. It's all pretty yeah, it seems stupid. I've I've seen like hints about like how this is still like within a five year span that things happen. Like wasn't that the thing with the new fifty two where like everything like all the superheroes had only been around for like five years? Yes, maybe. Well, but it's also supposed to be a thing that yeah. it's also supposed to be a thing that they lost seven years of stuff that happened. Oh, okay. So I don't know. It's really confusing. But in any case, 
um, the Superman that's in like action comics and Superman, like the Superman that we have now is not the Superman from new 52. That Superman died. So the Superman that we have now is the Superman from before new 52, the pre flashpoint Superman. He got transported to this universe. You know, all this already, right? Right. Right. And so when new 52 Superman died, Lex Luthor being the megalomaniac that he is was like, Oh sweet. Now I can be Superman. So he made his, you know, super-powered mech suit, which is, it's hinted at in this last issue that it's actually powered by a mother box, which is a pretty big deal, but I'm not going to get too much into that. But Yeah, I don't know what that is. Basically, Lex has been, like, flying around trying to be Superman, and he's very skeptical of pre-Flashpoint Superman because it's kind of, like, raining on his parade for one thing. And it's like mm-hmm. he already was skeptical towards Superman for being a superpowered alien. And now there's like a new one. And he's like, where did you come from? I don't get you. And I hate you because I want the spotlight. <laughs> um, yeah. But so Superman is also skeptical of Lex because he remembers the pre-Flashpoint Lex who was super duper evil. And he's like, I know you have evil in you. I'm watching you. Um, so in this issue, one of... I, I think this guy is one of the new gods. I tried to look him up, and I couldn't confirm that. But his he's called the God Slayer, and he comes to Earth to apparently execute Lex Luthor because he's got this vision of the future where Lex Luthor becomes the new Darkseid. He takes the, the currently vacant throne of Apocalypse because apparently Darkseid is gone. I didn't even realize that. There's something I need <laughs> to catch up on there. But yeah. um, So... The God Slayer believes that Lex Luthor is destined to become the next Lord of Apocalypse and destroy, you know, entire worlds and galaxies and whatever. So he comes to execute Lex Luthor. Superman obviously is not okay with that because he doesn't believe in killing people, even when they're Lex Luthor. Especially this Lex Luthor, because he's apparently a good guy and he's going around saving people and appears to actually have his heart in the right place. He seems to be doing it for the right reasons. Um, so it, you know, basically turns into a fight between, uh, super powered, uh, otherworldly beings, um, mm-hmm. the God Slayer and Zaid against Superman and Lex Luthor. And it's, it's pretty good. I'm pretty interested in where it's going. There's also this whole thing going on where there's an alternate version of Clark Kent that has no powers and nobody knows where he came from. It's super confusing okay. and... That's why I stopped reading action for a few weeks because it was like focusing way too much on this lame Clark Kent that doesn't do anything <laughs> except be an actual reporter. And I was like, everyone knows that what we love about Superman is Clark Kent when he's working at the newspaper. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's exactly. the most interesting part about Superman. And you'd think they'd understand that like, because I feel like there were a lot of complaints about that in the um, Superman movies like Batman v yeah. Superman, there was so much journalism stuff going on that nobody cared about. You'd think they would understand by now that that's just <laughs> dry and boring and mundane. But anyways, I'm I'm back on the Action Comics bandwagon and will be eagerly awaiting the next issue. And I hope Lex Luthor uh, does become Darkseid because that sounds awesome. That would be cool. I'm down with that. Uh, I like that uh, right now. Lex Luthor sounds like he's going through the same journey that Dr. Doom is in the Marvel universe where they're both like heroes that are like they're bad guys that are now heroes that are taking over the mantle of a, of another hero. Yeah. It's actually Uh, kind of strange. Like it, it's enough to make you wonder if one T 
team is like copying the other team. I don't think so. I think it's it's a pretty common trope to do, especially like to have like a bad guy like suddenly be a good guy, and like especially since both companies are kind of going through a, a storyline shakeup right now. But apparently, I was reading about it today, and I didn't know this because I never read New Fifty Two Superman. I tried to get into yeah. it a few times, and it just. I don't know. The first issue seemed boring, so I didn't read it. But apparently Lex Luthor <clears throat> has been doing this good guy thing for a while. Like, apparently he was huh. trying to be good during the New 52 of stuff. And he apparently, according to Wikipedia, was a member of the Justice League for a while. Interesting. Yeah. So Okay. Yeah, so I, it's all really piqued my interest. I'm going to keep reading Action Comics and see where that goes. Okay. Um, Speaking of uh, Dark Visions of the Future... Civil War Two number seven marches on. Uh, this is the penultimate issue. <laughs> Here's the thing: is I'm I'm really enjoying the storyline, but it needed to be over three months ago. Uh, so here's what happens: we're in the penultimate issue. We got one issue left, and this issue does actually do something really interesting and unexpected, which is that the this Inhuman that keeps having these visions of the future has another vision of the future, sort of unlike any that he's had before. And he has a vision of Old Man Logan, uh, who, uh, for people that don't know, Old Man Logan is a series in Marvel right now with a very distinctive art style to it. Um, and it's about this Wolverine from the future where all the heroes are dead. And so this Inhuman has this vision of this future where all the heroes are dead and the world is decimated and the only person around is this old version of Wolverine. Uh, but what's really cool is that for all of the pages where he's in this future, they have the artist from Old Man Logan do the art. Mm, so that's pretty, that's the, pretty clever. Yeah, so the art style suddenly switches to the same style from the Old Man Logan book, which is very distinctive and really very beautiful. Is it really and then different every, from what the other artist does? It's drastically different, okay. very drastically different. Um, so it's it, really cool. Seems like a uh, really cool like idea. Almost disorienting in a way. Like suddenly you feel like you're reading an entirely different book. So it would be disorienting if it wasn't very clear that this is. They don't. They they make it very clear that he's suddenly going into a vision. You yeah, know, yeah. like th- this week in Spider Gwen, they switched artists halfway through the story, which I hate it when Marvel does that. They did that on the Ultimates a couple times too. Yeah, why would where they, they just do that? For deadlines, the artist doesn't have time, and so they get another artist to finish the pages. I think, huh. but th- so the artist changed in the middle of a scene, and it was drastically different artwork, and it distracted me for the whole rest of the issue. Is all I could think about, and so I don't even remember the issue because I was thinking about how awful the that art switch was. Bummer. Um, but here, because it makes sense in a narrative standpoint, it was very effective and very cool. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, uh, he has also had this vision of Miles Morales, Spider-Man, killing Captain America. And so on the steps of the Capitol building. Steve Rogers, Captain America? Yeah. Oh, well, so, somebody should kill him. He's being an idiot. Because he's Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just um, stupid. And it's a, it's a stupid, cliched plot twist that I hate. I am on board with Hydra Cap. I think it's been told very well. Uh, so... He has this vision of Miles Morales killing Steve Rogers on the steps of the Capitol. So Miles Morales decides to confront this head-on, and he goes to the Capitol and meets Captain America there. And they basically have this awkward standoff where they're like, uh, I'm not going to kill you. And he's like, yeah, cool. And they just kind of shake hands, and they sit down, and they talk about it. Uh, and, then, and then 
And then Captain Marvel shows up to arrest Spider-Man because she thinks he's about to kill Captain America, even though nothing's happening. And then Tony Stark shows up in this crazy giant suit uh, to fight Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel just blasts a hole right through the middle of fucking Tony Stark's suit. So, and that's sort of the end of the issue. So, Ooh, is that how Tony Stark dies? Well, it, it remains to be seen. The last page of this is just like Captain Marvel punching a hole straight through Iron Man's armor. Wait, but wait, you know, wait, with wait. Iron Man, it, so you said Captain Marvel shows up to stop Miles Morales from killing Captain America, which he's not yeah, trying to do. Which he's he's not trying to do, and then Iron Man shows up to, to stop, stop Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel from killing and so now Marvel. they're just fighting on the Capitol steps. Yeah, okay. But uh, this whole uh, vision that the inhuman had of this old man logan future he goes there and finds out that the world is decimated because of captain marvel um and so now he wants to stop this whole thing from happening too and so we're building into this big climax i like i said i really like this series i think the art is awesome i think the story is interesting but I would have been so much more interested if this was all happening three months ago when the tie-ins were still happening and we hadn't already moved on in the rest of the books. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not the fault of the writing or the art, you know. This is a good story. Um, I'm just, I wish I, I was more excited about it, you know. I wish I wasn't like, God damn it, we still have to wait another month for this thing to end. What if it turns out that you Miles know? Morales is actually part of Hydra? And the reason that he goes to kill Captain America is because he's working for uh-huh. Red Skull. And he's always been working for Red Skull this <laughs> entire time. Because his reality was rewritten. Uh, who knows? You know, honestly, who can say? Uh, I will... Let me finish up these Marvel books, and then we'll finish up with those DC books that you have. Okay. Um Star Wars 25 wrapped up a story arc this week, a pretty big story arc where uh, Han and Leia and Luke uh, hijacked a Star Destroyer. Uh, It's been this awesome arc where they are running an entire Star Destroyer by themselves to try to get past this Empire blockade. And Darth Vader sends this like elite team of stormtroopers, one of whom has a lightsaber, to stop them. And so the stormtroopers like infiltrate the Star Destroyer, and so they're trying to run the ship while fighting off these stormtroopers. And then there's like a big TIE fighter battle. And basically, Jason Aaron, who writes the Star Wars series, I want him to write an entire Star Wars trilogy because he's so good at this. You mean like He is so movies? good at this. Yes, this entire Star Wars run, 25 issues so far, has felt like it, it's been on par with the original trilogy. Like, everything feels like it could have just been another movie in the 70s. Like, it's tonally just completely on point, it, but with enough new ideas to keep things interesting and keep things fresh. Uh, but this felt like the climax of, like, any of those original trilogy movies. Like, it was that big and... Uh, action-packed and clever um there's this whole like extended bit where like it turns out r2d2 is the only person steering the star destroyer and uh no one believes that he's doing it because he's just a little robot um and he he just hits all the characters on point if you're not reading star wars hop on next issue because this was the end of an arc you could probably hop on with the next issue but uh this satisfies the star wars nerd in me so much like even more than i think force awakens did um which i really liked force awakens but this feels uh like an actually new story yeah yeah because it it, like not one where they just 
they built a new Death Star, but it's a bigger right. Death Star. And it's right. a scarier Death Star that destroys whole galaxies. Well, this has the advantage because it and can take place. we found a little kid in the desert who can use the Force, actually. And she's got to uh, destroy the new giant Death Star and escape well, from the masked scary man with the deep voice and the red lightsaber. I think we've had this conversation about Force Awakens, how I don't I'm just in I kind of like hold. trolling Dalton mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what's gotten into me. I don't hold anything against Force Awakens, but this definitely has the advantage of because it takes place during the timeline of the original trilogy, they've already got those pieces in place. And so they can just kind of expand on it, you know, Um, and he just does it really well. Um, So Star Wars has every every week like or every month that it comes out, I forget how much I love it. I'm like, oh, there's a new Star Wars this week. And then I get like two pages in. and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm in love with this series. Um, so maybe I won't forget by next month. Um, and then Ultimates 2, number one, started this week. I'm still super into Ultimates. This kind of picks up where things left off from before Civil War. Uh, I was really kind of bummed when Ultimates 2 got bog- bogged down and all that uh, Civil War 2 kind of nonsense. But this is back to the idea of who chained Eternity, uh, why Eternity is still locked up, what, what does the Molecule Man have to do with it. Why don't they just... Or not Molecule Man, but... Uh, anti-man for the sake of simplicity why couldn't it just continue to be called ultimates uh because i think they're he's purposely trying to do kind of like a season arc storytelling that the original ultimates did remember how when ultimates first came out it was like there was a 12 or 13 issue story arc and then there's a break and then there's another 13 issue story arc yeah this isn't doing it quite as successfully because it got drawn into all this civil war two nonsense like this all could have been part of the first season but i see what they're trying to do and try to give people a jumping on point and stuff but this is picking up right where we left off where basically uh galactus who is now the life bringer instead of the eater of worlds uh sort of kidnaps all the ultimates and he says someone has chained eternity and there's a war coming and you have to stop it um so I'm excited to finally pick up the pieces of where that was going before Civil War II, but it's ugly head in. I still um, really like Galactus as a good guy. Me too. I was. I think it's been a, a really cool twist for, for that character. I want them to keep yeah. that, but I know they won't. Yeah. I know it's going to go back to the way it was. Maybe they'll keep him for a while. I can. We can at least hope for maybe a couple of years a good guy Galactus. I would like that. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Especially when we're, you know, talking about these characters that have been around for so long. It's nice to see a new angle on them. Not unlike uh, heroic Lex Luthor. Yeah. And you still see like... heroic Doctor Doom. Yeah. And you still see like that kind of like egotistical side of them where they love being in the spotlight. And like with Lex, it's like he wants to be the guy like who swoops in and saves the day because he just like (laughs) gets off on everybody being like, yeah, Lex Luthor. But it's still fun to see him doing different kinds of things. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> um, and uh, last thing, Empress number seven. Uh, Empress finished this week. It's one of, one of those Mark Miller stories. Uh, I thought it was pretty okay. It sustained my interest through seven issues. But now it turns out apparently this is just part one of what will be a multi-part saga, I guess. Um if you're looking for a good Mark Miller book, I would recommend Reborn, though, which just started, um, which is two issues in right now. Empress was good, but Reborn it has a lot more creativity uh, and uh, heart to it than I think this did. Okay. Uh, Reborn is the one we've talked about where it turns out when you die, you go to like this fantasy 
uh, sort of realm and you get to meet your, your, you know, family and all the people you've lost, but you're also like in this, in the middle of this war, uh, with like the people in hell. Uh, and it's been really cool. There's been two issues of that. Um, so what else on the DC side of things? I think that's all the books I want to talk about this week. Uh, I was just going to kind of briefly mention how I got caught up on Teen Titans. Um, Yeah. Has that been good? Is it something I should read? I, I would definitely say check it out. Yeah. Especially because I feel like as much as you hate Damian Wayne and everybody hates Damian Uh, Wayne because he's a man, Damian Wayne's in it. Yeah. He's like, it's, it's like his, I mean, he's Robin and Robin is kind of the center Uh. of the Teen Titans always. So. I was hoping maybe there was a different, better Robin hiding somewhere. Well, they killed Tim Drake, so, yeah, yeah. not really. Uh, but, no, it's funny. It's cool and funny because, <laughs> so, basically what happens is Damian Wayne turns 13, realizes he has no friends, and Alfred, I think, made a comment to him, something about, like, how Master Tim, or he might have even said Master Dick, I don't remember, but, like, you know, like, always had the Teen Titans to, like, you know, be friends with and, like, look out for each other and whatever. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Robin gets this bright idea that he's going to put together a Teen Titans team, and he proceeds to do it by uh, stunning, like, electrocuting and kidnapping uh, Beast Boy, Starfire, Kid Flash, and Raven. And he like abducts. Right, that sounds pretty fun. He abducts all of them and puts them in these like power restrainer things, and like and like in typical Damian Wayne fashion, he's all cocky and he's like tries to tell them that he wants to put a team together and stuff. And they're all obviously like really pissed because Damian's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of turns out like it's eventually revealed that uh, part of the reason he's also doing it is because his grandfather, who's Rachel Ghoul. I don't know if you knew that. Right. I knew that. Um, sent him a, like a box on his 13th birthday with a dead robin inside it. And with a mm-hmm. note that says like, I can't remember how it's worded, but basically says like, come home and work for me or you're going to die. And, and then it's kind of revealed like slowly over time, like it's interspersed with the main story of Robin trying to, to befriend all these characters to form the Teen Titans. We keep seeing glimpses of how... Um, Ra's al Ghul has this little team of teenagers that are like the same age as the Teen Titans and they're called the Demon's Fist and they've been trained by the League of Assassins uh, to be like super badasses, obviously. And he's mm-hmm. assigned them to go uh, to choose targets and go kill targets and it turns out that each of the targets they've chosen are the, the characters for the Teen Titans. So not only did he want friends and want to start like doing things, but he also was like, basically we have to work together or else we're all probably going to die. So yeah. I like, I like that premise. That sounds fun. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. How many issues are there? There's three right now. All right. I'll probably go back and catch up on that. Teen Titans rebirth number one and then Teen Titans number one and two. It'll give me a good off-week DC book to read, because right now I'm reading Batman and Superman, but those come out the same week, so I'm only reading a DC book like every two weeks, and I read New Superman, but that's only monthly. Yeah, and so far Um, it's pretty fun and colorful in the same way that Champions is. Okay. And you know I love me some Champions. Yeah. Um, I will check that out. So yeah, that's all my stuff for this week. Me too. Uh, I think that will probably wrap it up. And Westworld, Um, spoiler... 
as it turns out, it's looking pretty conclusive that, go on, Dalton, why don't you go ahead and tell him? I have come around on the theory that William is the man in black and that Bernard is Arnold. Well, Bernard's Maybe not, we'll find out. Bernard's, he, he's not actual Arnold. He's a, he's a, he's a host built off of, modeled Arnold. after Arnold, yeah. yeah. And the proof uh, is like, it's so, like, it's not even confirmed yet, but all of the pieces are, so, it's like so clear. We might find out tonight. Yeah. There is a new episode. The second to last episode airs tonight. I don't know if they'll, if, if there's a twist that big, if they would reveal it now or if they'd wait till, till the finale, but. What time uh, does it, I think they'll reveal it tonight because I think the final episode is going to be like, you know, an it hits the fan kind of episode. Like, I think they want to have everything set up for like an all out craze fest jamboree in episode 10. I think the big twists are going to be re- revealed tonight for sure. Okay. So yeah. if you're listening to this, we'll which you obviously are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the episode nine has already aired and you probably already know uh, very conclusively that all the things I've said are true. Yeah. And uh, if you are listening to this, uh, which of course you are, tweet at us. We are on Twitter at PMuchObsessed. Uh, send us some tweets. Uh, how many people do we have in the drawing to win that t-shirt? There are two people. Are there really? No, I'm kidding. There's no one. Oh, okay. I just All want, right. like, I, I like, wanted to say, like, 10 to hype it up and make yeah. it s- yeah, seem Yeah, we got like 50 people in the pool so far. I better to, add your name. I wanted to make it seem like our podcast is more successful than it is. <laughs> but you know what? There's no one in the drawing. Well, then either, it looks like maybe I'm getting that for Christmas. Yeah, you probably but will. take my Christmas present from me. Tweet at us, uh, and we will maybe send you a shirt and i haven't actually um, revealed on twitter like that all they have to do is tweet at us because i like on twitter i put you probably saw it i put like check out episode 10 to find out how you can be entered <laughs> into a drawing because i want them to actually like listen <laughs> yeah that's fair uh so if you're listening uh step one listen to this podcast good job you've already done it yeah and step, step one two tweet at us yeah yeah send a tweet to p much obsessed there is no content restriction on said tweet, but ideally, you could send us something uh, about maybe something you'd like us to talk about, or or maybe yeah. your ideas and thoughts about something we talked about on this episode. Some questions, some clarifications that you want. Maybe you could uh, tell Dalton just how handsome you think he is. Yeah, please do. My self-esteem is at an all-time low. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not true. Uh, I'm so full of myself. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week on Pretty Much Obsessed. Uh, we'll be back here next week to talk about even more books and news and Pokemon and Westworld. Uh, and yeah, that said, see you next week. I'm going to go play Pokemon and watch Westworld right now. Me too. Me too. All right, guys. Have a good week. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>